Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Jennifer Tefalaro. Jennifer is a control account manager for the Radar Systems Engineering Group at Lockheed Martin. She joined Lockheed Martin after receiving her bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Villanova University before taking a 20-year career break for childcare reasons. Jennifer relaunched her career at Lockheed Martin through their Chapter Next program and now works in a part-time engineering role at Lockheed. In this episode, we're going to speak with Jennifer about her career relaunch and her experience returning to work at Lockheed Martin. Jennifer, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to speak with you. And I want to know if we can start by talking about your career path that led up to your career break and then uh, ultimately why you stepped away, noting that you have been on career break for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yes. Right out of college, I was hired by Lockheed Martin in a different division than I am currently was very excited to start in this job where it was a well-known company. And my first job was as a systems engineer. I quickly learned that my position was going to be writing code for some simulators. Now that was not going to be my career of choice for life because it was way too much, just the computer and I, eight hours a day. I mm-hmm. needed more interaction with different people. So I, thanks to Lockheed's tuition reimbursement program, I went back to school to get my master's degree in communications. I did some research, found that there were positions called business analysts that were the go-betweens between the non-technical business and customers and the very technical engineers. So I was able to move into a position where it was so much better, where I could actually talk to people and be that go-between. So it was a nice blend of the communication skills as well as my technical skills. And I did that for a few years, actually went to another company where uh, I was also kind of the same position, where I was the go-between and loved it. So I was able to graduate in August, but then found that I was pregnant with my first son in Mm. October. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I had always decided that I would stay home and raise our children. And it was a most wonderful thing. After my first son came two more in the next three years. So I had three little boys under four Mm -hmm. and raising them truly was the greatest joy of my life, would not change it for anything. So mm-hmm. that's what made me step back from my career. As much as I had worked so hard to get the degree, I was more than happy to just frame it on the wall and be able to rub it in my husband's face that I had more degrees than he did. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I wasn't using, technically using them. Um, okay, so this is interesting. So um, you're immersed in childcare, you're loving it. Um, obviously, you were doing this for an extended period of time. And so was, was there a certain point at which you thought your children are starting to be more independent, or you start to even think about going back to work? Or was it really very close to the 20 year mark, where you thought it's time for me to, to do something professionally again? 
I actually had had an opportunity when the boys were more middle school aged. One of my friends from Lockheed was at a different company and had said, hey, we're, you know, we're looking to hire. And I thought, oh, you know, because she knows me, she knows that I, I'm a good worker, that I can do anything. I thought, all right, maybe this is my chance because I mm. really wasn't thinking anybody was going to give me a chance being out of the workforce for so long. So I thought, all right, here's my, here's my opportunity. So as, as many plans as I had, life threw me its own plans. That was the same year where my father needed, I'm an only child. My father needed open heart surgery. I needed to go help because my mother wasn't in the best of health. She mm. was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So my husband at the same time was traveling internationally quite extensively. So I thought, all right, <laughs> clearly not the time. Yeah. Um, and then it was like six weeks later, my mom passed away. And then I wound up with a cancer diagnosis. So I'm going, okay, life really does not want me working right now. Right. Which, you know, was fine. And I wouldn't, wouldn't again, wouldn't change it. Well, there's some things I would change, but mm -hmm. uh, clearly, but it was one of those things I thought, all right, just not, not now, not now. It just wasn't the right time. And it was actually fast forward a few years till COVID and pandemic where, you know, my oldest was a sophomore at Princeton. My second was heading off to Penn State in the fall. And I thought, let me, you know, I did a little soul searching and I decided, you know, what next? What, what comes next? What is the next chapter of my life going to look like now that the boys don't need me as much? And that's where I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I really did enjoy being an engineer and would like to try and get back to it. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen, but I thought, all right, well, let me see what I can do to, to make that happen. Got it. And then um, that has occurred to you. You're thinking, I'm going to try to make this happen somehow. Um, what was what was your first step or how did you um, like, how did it go from a thought in your head to action? Well, I thought it was a question. How, you know, how am, how am I going to make this happen? So like any other question I have in life, I turned to Google. <laughs> so I literally Googled how to get a job after 20 years. <laughs> huh. That was my Google search. And it actually led me to the iRelaunch site. Wow. And when I looked on that and I saw that, Lockheed had a chapter next program and a returnship program. It really made me, you know, think about it and go, wow, I loved working at Lockheed. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm going to go back and redo this, you know, try this again, I want it to be somewhere where I had enjoyed, where I thought it was a great culture that I thought, all right, maybe let's give this a shot. So yeah, it was literally a Google search. <laughs> wow. And it's, it's so great. Um, you are, an alum of the company and you've come full circle and what a great, I'm just thinking what a great story for Lockheed Martin, as well as your personal story and, and for chapter next and for, you know, the idea that promising uh, professionals who have been uh, working for the company at any time before um, could use chapter next next as a way to we launched their careers uh, back right back at Lockheed. So that, that's terrific. So, okay. So you, you did that Google search, you found <laughs> I relaunch, you went to lot, you saw Lockheed had a program and uh, uh, you then applied for it. It like, and what happened after that? 
I was lucky enough to get a few interviews because they do have several positions. Every They have a cohort every few months. And I had received, you know, talked to the Jamie, my recruiter, and she had set me off with, set me up with a couple of different interviews. So this was the summer of 2020. So it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So everything was virtual, mm-hmm. uh, which was odd because I, first off, I hadn't interviewed in a very long time <laughs> right. and I'd never done, you know, Zoom interviews. So Right. It was all online, all phone calls, which was a little bit easy because then at least I was in the comfort of my own home. Right. That it wasn't completely foreign, but it was it was really easy. That that was the nice thing is that it was just conversations between the recruiter and the different hiring managers hmm. all online. So what kinds of roles jumped out at you or were you having conversations about and were they directly related to what you had done in the past or was the fact that you had this MBA degree now putting you in some different category? Like how did that part get sorted out? Honestly, all the different positions were for things that I had absolutely no knowledge of. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that was both exciting and a little scary too, (laughs) that it was all things that I had never worked before. But I think that's the beauty of these returnships is that it gives you the chance to not have to start hitting the ground running, that they are ready there to help you get up to speed. So even though it wasn't anything that I knew anything about, uh, they knew that I was willing uh, to learn and I was going to work hard at making this succeed. Right. And also it says something about the recruiting philosophy that they were really recruiting you for potential uh, because uh, obviously you had had that work experience, but it was a long time ago. Um, And it sounded like, you know, you had all these different conversations. So a lot has to be said for for you and your background and what you were representing to them um, in terms of your potential. Was there anything um, that you had done during your 20 years when you were on career break that became part of the conversation um, for, you know, some relevant experience to uh, what you ended up doing or at least what you were interviewing for? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the things that when, when I, before interviewing, I was thinking, all right, what, what have I done and how can I tie this into showing that even though I wasn't getting paid to do some of the tasks I was doing, it still is transferable to an engineering job. Uh, I spoke about, I was elected homeschool president and Mm. I correlated that to being a project manager. I said I had 20 different subcommittees that I was overseeing. I had a budget that I had to balance and stay within. I certainly had conflict management that I Mm -hmm. needed to (laughs) help and work out. Um, I tried to point out the various successes that I had had. I mean, all our fundraisers always went over what we thought. So I was trying to point out all those things that I was able to do, all multitasking with everything else that I had was volunteering and helping with. So to show that I can multitask, that I can lead and, and lead successfully. So I think that helped to show that non-paid positions you're still learning, you're still growing, you're, you can still be working on those softer skills that like the technical skills, clearly I 
I never worked at the radar systems before, so I had zero <laughs> technical skills, but at least I had, I was bringing to the table the softer skills. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was going to be my next question. So, you know, you're in the radar systems engineering group, you are a control account manager. Was that the role also that you were in, uh, in your returnship? And was there a technical piece there that like, did you have some intensive training at the beginning? Or how did you get your arms around the technical uh, demands of the role? That was the same position that I was in in the returnship that I transitioned to to employee. Luckily, Chapter Next has comprehensive training built into it. There is some pre-assigned, pre-chosen technical skills, and those are more the Outlook, PowerPoint, those kind of technical skills that we have, but they also allow for time for the technical skills needed for your job. So I was able to work with my manager to say, okay, what kind of radar specific classes, you know, should I take? And mm-hmm. I mean, that was the beauty of, and the, what I loved about this program is that I got paid to learn mm-hmm. and, you know, I wasn't expected to come with that radar knowledge because I wouldn't have known. So it's wonderful that, you know, that that's, the classes they have set up for you and ones that you can choose to help you succeed. And did you, were you nervous or did you, uh, were you feeling like, how am I going to learn the technical piece or like, how did you approach that just from a mental, emotional standpoint? Uh, Yes, a little bit, but I guess, on the other hand, I figured, well, give it a shot. I've got, I got nothing to lose at this point. I'll, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll do my best and I'll try and, you know, fingers crossed, uh, even though when I went to go interv- even interview for Lockheed, my boys, and being as only teenagers can, said to me, they're like, can you still do that? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, I can. <laughs> so there is also that motivation to go, look, like, maybe it's been a while, but I still, yes, I still can figure out how to be an engineer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about... Um, the example you are providing for them that they probably don't even recognize in full yet. And they're going to look back on this and say, you know, my mom did this. And at at the time I wasn't appreciating everything that was involved, but now I see how significant it was. So um, that, that role modeling, I think it becomes more and more important over time. I was just saying, I think too, because they've only ever, the, the only way they saw me was mom. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't see that other professional side of me. So I think that's great that be able to show them. Yes, that like there's more to me than just, you know, just being I love it, but it's more to me than just being a mom. <laughs> and how did the transition? What happened at home? Was it a complete lifestyle transition for all the family members? Or did it feel more gradual because you are virtual and you are working from home? Or how did that part work? It's It's been hasn't been bad at all, mostly because I am part-time. So I still can do some of the things around home. Although I did sit down, my husband and the one son that was going to be here and said, look, if I'm working, you know, you two are going to have to pick up the slack. And they were more than supportive. I mean, my son, there's been days where my husband and I both have late meetings and he makes dinner. And all Mm -hmm. I can think of is I've I taught all my boys how to cook. And I'm thinking, oh, I I figured it was going to help them later in life. But 
I'm so grateful that we spent the time learning. So now I can just say, hey, can you make dinner? And he does. And it's a real meal, not just a, so. Wow. It's been, it's, I'm very blessed to have them be so supportive to, and happy that I'm happy. Yeah. And also um, the independence there that, that uh, is being encouraged and uh, required by the situation. <laughs> you have to step up and, and that's a really important uh, experience experience also. Um, so you mentioned that your role is part-time. This uh, part-time aspect or option to the Chapter Next program is pretty unusual. So I wanted to know if you can talk a little bit about, was the returnship also part-time? What does part-time mean? Um, and and then as it the role transitioned and you were successful and you became an employee, also part-time, did the definition of part-time change then? Or and just give us a little bit more background sure. about that. Yes. So the return, the chapter next program actually can be either part-time or full-time. It depends on the person and the role that they're gonna come into. Now, when I did it, I, I did work full-time for the returnship part mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. um, which was you know your 40 hours a week. And when I transitioned to employee, they were one, you know, more than happy to have me 40 hours, but I said, thanks, but can we do this part-time? So part-time for me is uh, at least 20 hours a week. There's some weeks that I have to work more just due to the nature of the work, but for the most part, it's 20 hours, which is fabulous. At this point in my life, I needed the job to work, fit into my life. So 20 hours for me is perfect because I still can do everything else outside of life that I want, outside of work that I want to do, but still get that, you know, the chance to, to work. It's mm -hmm. been, I mean, honestly, it's been a, a blessing. And God said, I can't believe that I was able to find a technical job that I can do from home. That's part-time. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm so, I'm so happy. Yeah, that, that is, is really amazing. Can you talk to us a little bit about the interaction that you had with your manager and team members as you were received as a new person on the team? Like, um, how, what did that feel like? And how did people support you or not support you? I don't know what the environment was when, when you came on board, I guess, for the returnship. And then Am I assuming that you stayed with the same team and group when you yes. went? You did. Okay. So I guess um, in the initial uh, few months of the returnship. I was very lucky to have, and I still have, a fabulous manager. Shout out to Christy Tuttle. She has always set me up for success. Hmm. I'm, I'm that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go back to Lockheed. At least, and I was hoping that it was very similar because it's it was the same as when I left 20 years ago. It's a very collaborative environment. She always would make time for all of my questions. I was supply, the program also supplies you with a mentor and a buddy. So, so you had two official people that were always ready to answer questions. And that's where, again, I was very happy with this team and why I wanted to when I transitioned to stay on this team because the whole team was willing to answer my questions because I had a million of them. They would, I'd be in meetings and there'd be so many acronyms mm -hmm. that it was hard to keep track. So it was great because anybody that I reached out to 
was willing to, you know, take the time to educate me. I never once found a person that said, I'm too busy to meet with you, which I think is wonderful. And I think that's, they knew I was a returner or in, in this chapter next program. So they knew I was going to have questions and were willing to work with me to get me up to speed so that I could become a, a person that is helping the team, not just sitting around asking questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, you know, we should acknowledge that you were doing this in a virtual environment. So that means that you actually had to make an appointment to have a virtual meeting with someone as opposed to just sort of dropping by their office, like might happen in a little more casual, um, more casually if, if we were all in person. So so that's also um, a significant piece. Um, and, and you're mentioning uh, the asking of questions. Sometimes re- returners or relaunchers are afraid to ask a question because you're worried that maybe the answer is obvious and and also you mentioned the acronym so sometimes you're you know you're especially a large complex organization it's almost like they're speaking another language and you have to immerse yourself in that before you really know uh, what's happening so did you have any hesitancy initially asking the questions did you kind of have to wait or did you just dive right in and thought this is just going to be what i do I was more the latter. I would just ask the questions. It was, I I don't know. I feel like as I get older, I just have less patience for, I'm like, you know what, let me just ask. Cause what, you know, why not? So to me, I feel like I just would ask the questions and it's just, I felt, cause I felt like it was quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, I like some things I would try to research, but then I'm like, all right, if this is taking too long, this is silly. I know you know, somebody can ans- answer the question easily. So I would try to look at, find things out on my own, but I had no problem calling up people. And I think that's, and that's one of the pieces of advice that I give the new chapter next people. I said, ask questions, just ask away. Even if you think it's a silly question, just ask. Um, and take, great advice. It, yeah. it doesn't hurt because people, again, they, if they hired you, if they have that position there they they know that you're going to have questions it's expected so you know chances are people are not going to have a relaunch or, you know a relaunch or uh, a returnship and without expecting to have to answer a million questions right exactly and can you comment on the cohort of other chapter next participants or the community that you were joining and how that felt to have other people around you who are making this life transition at the same time. I I think it's, it's great that there is a cohort so that we can, we, we had different meetings where we all would ask questions amongst ourselves and be able to talk about our experiences and how it's going and, it was nice to have that support to know that you weren't the only one going through it. I mean, and and it was interesting too for us because Chapter Next doesn't, it's not just engineers. They We had people from all different parts of, you know, HR, finance. So it was interesting too to hear how their experiences were either the same or different from, mm-hmm. and we kind of learned from each other going, okay, well, what did, you know, how did, what did you do to help get up to speed and finding out the different things and avenues that people had and ways that we might not have realized to know to ask questions or to find things out. Yeah, I love the uh, 
construct of uh, the, that the cohort structure or community where you're connected with just on your own with the other people who are in it. Uh, and, and oftentimes without program leadership on that thread and you have the ability to share resources and um, like use each other as a sounding board and, and really be able to be um, open and honest of, about questions and everyone is in that mode of, of helping each other out. So it's, uh, it is very significant. And the other thing is a program like Chapter Next, which has been running for a few years now uh, and is expanding. That means that there are more and more relaunchers inside the organization. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I, that was a vision that um, when Vivian Steer Raven and I wrote back on the career track, which we wrote in like 2005 and it came out in 2007, um, the last chapter was about the future. And the vision was that there would be a critical mass of relaunchers inside organizations. And that would change the um, way that uh, people relaunching careers were viewed um, and would uh, normalize career breaks as a career, as part of a career path. And to see it actually happening is, is, uh, is amazing and, and also really exciting. So um, I love that that's happening uh, within Lockheed Martin. We see, you know, the programs that have been lo running long, longest and, have, and are expanding are the ones that, of course, are getting to that point the quickest. Um, Jennifer, before I wrap up with our last question, um, I noticed that you're, um, and I can see this, but our listeners can't, you're sitting in, in front of what looks to me like a wall of metals in the back. And I want to know if you can comment on what those are and what that meant in uh, in your life. Sure, those are my medals that I have gotten for doing various running races. And this is something that came to me also later in life. My, uh, I think it was uh, in my forties before my girlfriend said, let's, let's do the rock and roll half marathon. And I thought, <laughs> sure, why not? So, you know, I, I was athletic, but you know, I never, never in my life ran. So since then, I've done a number of halves and my husband and I actually did a, a full marathon last year. So wow. that's was, very okay. inspiring for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, we, we were turning 50 and it was one of those things that were like, well, if we don't do it now, because we've done the halves, but I'm thinking, we're just falling apart anyway. We better, we better get this in before we, before we can't. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. It looks oh. like you've won a lot of races. Uh, so I love seeing that. Um, so Jennifer, we are coming to the end of our um, conversation time. And I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? Even if it's something that we've already talked about today. I would say not to wait and to take the shot. For myself, I wish I would have found this sooner. It, it's been so wonderful. When I looked at it and I thought, Shh, do I do this? Do I not? It's, you know, for at least for the chapter next, it's a 10 to 16 week program. And I thought to myself, huh, I can do anything for 10 to 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ideally I'll come out of this and I'll actually have a job in the field that I want. But if it doesn't work out, well, I've learned some new skills. I met some new people and I made some money. And, you know, 
10 to 16 weeks goes fast. So I thought, well, I really have nothing to lose at this point. So why not take the chance? So I, that's what I would absolutely say that life, life goes by fast. So why not? Yeah, I love that advice. And it's a great way to end our conversation. And I just want to thank you, Jennifer, for spending the time with us and talking to us about so many dimensions of your relaunch. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thanks for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.